Welcome everyone to this week's webinar, Global Intelligence Updates. Today we've got a, a special guest, Paula Quincy. And for those that don't know who Paula is, Paula is the founder of Engaged Humans, facilitating connection between individuals and organizations. She is a certified Imigo relationship therapist, educator, and facilitator, an NP, NLP uh, practitioner, PDA and analyst, coach, and trainer. Paula is also an author of two self-help guides, Embracing Conflict and Embracing No, as well as an international speaker, advocate for mental health, and activist for gender-based violence. For more information, I'll post it on our, our chat box. So welcome, Paula. I think we've got a, a great topic we are talking about today, hey? Thanks, Chris. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, one that we all struggle with. I myself am guilty of it. And I think especially in today's busy lives, uh, it's, it's, it's a common thing that crops up with people that we work with um, individually and in organizations as well. So yeah, I'm excited to be here today to talk to everybody about the myth of multitasking and busting that myth. So um, please do post your comments in that in the chat box. There will also be some Q&A. Um, it's also quite interactive as well. So if you want me to explain something or go over something again, please feel free to do that. Let me know when you can see my screen. Perfect. Perfect, awesome, thank you. So just in terms of, you know, the latest skills updates that's going out there, depending where, which platform you subscribe to, uh, but this was one of the recent ones that came out. And uh, there's four categories or the, or the future skills have been grouped into four categories. Out of those top 10 skills, only two of those skills are technical based skills. Whoops, sorry. Um, so problem solving, self-management, working with people, technology use and development. So most of them are soft skills or people skills, right? So what does that mean in terms of uh, skills going forward? Well, human skills are the new currency or the skills of the future. And particularly the top five skills that are being budgeted for when it comes to organizations from a training and development point of view, specifically self-management and prioritization skills, which is what we're going to be talking about today when it comes to the myth of multitasking. So who here thinks that they are a, the, the master multitasker? Let's just have a quick, quick um, hands up. Does anybody here think that they are a master multitasker. And it's not a trick question. It is, um, you know, we all do it. And so, yeah, let's, let's just put hands up and go, yes, that's me. And what I'm actually looking for is I'm looking for someone who wants to be a volunteer. And uh, so let's, let's, let's just unpack this whole uh thing around multitasking and see how um, effective it is or isn't. And um, so let's just have a look here. Who would like to be a person that's going to put their multitasking skills to use? So uh, uh, Stephanie. Steve. Oh, Stephanie. Yeah. Or, okay. So Steve. Well, you can both do it. Have, have, let's, let's do this together. Okay, so this is where I need you to get a piece of paper and a pen and to have it handy. Steve is ready. 
Good, that's good. Pen and piece of paper. Um, sorry, my slide doesn't want to come up for some reason, so let's just try this again. Stephanie commented on um, in the comment box, not a master, I think, but definitely doing it always. Okay, cool. So this is what we're going to do. So this is where I need you to help me with being a timekeeper, please, Chris. Okay, dokie. Okay, so I'm going to, there's a sentence I'm going to put up on the screen. Multitasking is a lie. Okay, so we're going to do this two ways. The first way that we're going to do this is you're going to write the sentence. You're going to write the alpha letter first and then the, the numeric letter underneath it like this. So you're going to go M1, U2, L3. Does that make sense? So you're going to do alpha letter first, numeric letter second, and you're going to write out the full sentence. And then we're going to time you. You said the alpha letter first, but that way it's one, then a Steve, Steve. Sorry. So you're going to do the M first, then the, then the numeric letter underneath it, then the number two underneath it, then L, then number three underneath it. Does that make sense? Okay, so when you're ready, yeah. starting. And Chris, you're going to time? I'm ready. Okay, so let's have a look. Um, I'm done. Oh, no, wait, Stephanie, we're going to time you. Okay. Oh, I'm done. Okay. So you can do it again. So Steve, okay. Steve and Stephanie, you get ready. And Chris, are you ready to start timing? I'm ready. And, and go. And when you finish, put your hand up so Chris can stop timing. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. Got it. Steph's a real multitasker. My hat. Okay. <laughs> well, isn't it true that women can do it better than me? <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay. Now we're going to do it again a second time round. So, Chris, if you can clear your um, timer. And this yeah. time, Steve and Stephanie, you're only going to write the sentence, multitasking is a lie. No numbers underneath it. Okay, so you're just going to write the sentence on its own. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, wait until Chris is ready to time. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, and go. Um, yep. Wow. Okay. How, how long was that, Chris? That was seven seconds. Okay. So the first time, can you remember your time from the first time? Yeah. First time was 18 seconds. Okay. So there you go. So that's just a little bit of tongue in cheek around um, showing how we think we are effective when it comes to multitasking, but actually when we focus on more than one thing at a time, it actually can cost us more, uh, more time. 
Okay, so I'm just going to get my slides back up. But surely we're doing two things in that same time. Aha, uh -huh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what today is all about. <clears throat> so, okay. Okay. Right, so the first time you wrote uh, multitasking is a lie, you were focusing on two things, the top writing the M and then followed by the number one for the whole sentence. So you were focusing on two tasks. The second time around, you just focused on one task. Multitasking is a lie. Okay, so hold that in thought because we're going to talk about it some more just now, right? So how many of you have, when you've asked someone or someone has asked you how you are, how you're doing, and our standard response is, oh, I'm so busy. Things are hectic. Things are chaotic, right? We're all guilty of it. And it's because we live these busy lives these days where we're stuck on this hamster wheel of busy, busy, do, do. But how productive or effective are we really being? And it's almost like we've started wearing this busy badge as a, as, as a status symbol um you know how the busier we are the more important the more valuable the more uh, priority we give to things in lives but is that really the case okay so if we think about our typical employees for those that are employing people or outsourcing work or those that are working in organizations, when we look at what is productivity costing us from an organization point of view. So the corporate sector loses almost 3 billion rands per annum due to low productivity, absenteeism and unhappy employees. So we're talking from an employee engagement point of view when employees are disengaged, all right? There is enough research to substantiate that engaged teams have higher levels of self-awareness, relational awareness, and are more cohesive. And that happy employees are 65% more energized and more efficient with their time. Now, just keep these stats in mind for, for just now, right? So... Research shows from a neuroscience point of view that when we multitask, we can lose up to 25 minutes between tasks, right? Switching. And there's three different levels of uh, multitasking when it comes to multitasking. So if you just think about your day and how you switch between tasks. Now, switching between tasks can be something like I'm reading an email. There's something that pops up, a notification on my screen as there's a message on Teams or Slack or whatever channel you're using. I quickly want to go there or I quickly want to switch to something else. I'm opening a document, whatever it might be that we're doing we can lose up to 25 minutes when it comes to productive time. And when I say productive time, I'm talking about real focus time, okay? So the neuroscience, and, and I'm telling you this for a reason because it, it, will, it all makes sense towards the end. If we just think of from a neuroscience point of view, the prefrontal cortex, which is the front area of your brain, if you think of that as the, the CEO of your brain, it's where all the logical, rational thinking happens. It's where they, it's responsible for reasoning, for judgment, and it also controls our impulses, our impulse controls. So in other words, impulsive decision-making or um, what we, what we sometimes term as risky decision-making because we make quick decisions without necessarily taking into account all the factors or all the, all the elements that we could potentially take into account. And so it's important for planning, making decisions, behavior, social norms, and thoughts and actions and goals, right? And I'm telling you this because when it comes to multitasking, it actually consumes a lot of energy. The fact that we are multitasking, it consumes a lot of energy in terms of our prefrontal cortex, which tires us out quickly and which is why we don't work well under stress. Okay, 
So we think that we're being effective by multitasking, but it actually costs us a lot of energy. A lot of us living these busy lives are actually on the back foot. We've got so much information coming at us from all different levels. We've got our phones, we've got our devices, our laptops, our tablets. We've got people in our work environment. We've got people around us in terms of our home environment. We're constantly on. We, we very seldom switch off, okay, completely. And so the brain can only absorb so much information before it becomes overloaded. And then what happens is the brain doesn't have capacity to take on any more information. And when that happens, we actually start losing the ability to think creatively and innovatively and to learn new things, right? So the insular cortex, there's a little bit about the brain, but I need to explain the neuroscience, um, which is the amygdala, which is a little pea-sized thing, this size inside our brains, is key to our emotions and perceptions and social interaction. And when that gets overloaded, it prioritizes our emotions over important emotions. So then there's the thing that we often get referred to as the digital fatigue, fuzzy brain, popcorn brain those kind of things starts happening when we start multitasking. And ongoing stress actually produces physical changes in the amygdala. And you can go and Google this in terms of brain scans. There's scans up there in terms of the brain under um, normal uh, operating mode versus highly stressed environments. And you can actually physically see parts of the brain that get affected when it comes to ongoing stress. And that's why there's this whole thing about managing stress and stress is bad for you. Yes, stress is bad for you, but there's also good stress as well. So it's learning to understand the good stress versus the bad stress, right? And the impact it's having on us. When the brain gets inundated with too much information, it can't cope and it actually starts affecting our memory. Now, how many of us have walked into a room or gone somewhere and we, go, and we stop and go, what was I going to do again? And then what's that whole thing, that, that, that wives tale about walk outside the room, turn around, come back into the room again, and you'll remember what you were coming for? How many have tried that and how many has, has it worked for us? Okay, more often not, right? And that's because we're so busy thinking of things. We're, we're living in our heads around focusing on this to-do list, what I have to do, what I, what I need to do. And then we also stuck on the past or what should have, could have, um, need to do, have to do, all of those things. And we kind of get stuck in that space instead of being fully present and focusing in the here and the now. And it starts affecting our brains. As I said, when it comes to multitasking, there are three forms of multitasking. We only talk about multitasking. We don't actually look at the other two. Multitasking is actually very in a simple form doing two or more tasks simultaneously. So like Steve and Steph demonstrated for us, when they did two tasks at the same time, that is what we call multitasking, right? But there's also what we call context switching. So when we switch back and forth between tasks, it actually takes us time to get the context of what we need to focus on right now in this moment because our brain is split between contexts. The context of being over here, what I was working on or what I was reading or what had distracted me versus what I am focusing on here. And then the other, the next one or the third one is attention residue. So when we perform a number of tasks in succession, the residue part of our brain is still stuck on that previous task, not focusing fully on the current task that we are trying to get into and trying to be focused on and fully involved or engaged in. 
So this is where we can lose up to 25 minutes switching between tasks because our brains are not fully focused and present and in the mode right now focused on the present. So just note that multitasking is, consists of more than just multitasking itself. There's many layers to it, okay? So research shows that every additional task or tool that you switch to can eat up to 20% of your productivity. Yes, Chris, I see you got your hand up. Yeah, um, well, so I've got a question here from Philip. He asked hmm. the, the 25 minutes, is that over a day? Is that an average? What exactly is the time period? Yeah, so it's an average over the day, depending on the number of tasks that you are multitasking or engaged in, but also how long your day is. So if you're working a typical eight to eight to five day versus most of us work 16 days, 18 hour days, whatever it is. Okay. So it's on average, but it can it can eat up to so 25 minutes based on that. And then also 20% of your productivity. Okay. Okay. So where is this balance? What does it cost us? Because we all talk about finding work-life balance, right? Which is a complete myth that doesn't exist. It's about work-life integration. Because balance in my world will look very different in Steve's world, in Chris's world, in Diane's world, because of where we're at in terms of our life stage and life milestones. So it affects our physical health. In other words, our energy to keep going and being resilient to life's stresses because of the effect it has on our brains and our, and our mental health and well-being. There are blurred boundaries in terms of long hours and how we are reactive as opposed to being proactive. Because we're constantly bombarded with all of this information, we are on the reactive as opposed to being proactive. Proactive being being able to plan, being able to prioritize, being able to manage our um, energy levels, taking time out for self, all of those kinds of things. And then sense of purpose, staying true to your passion and your purpose. And this is where a lot of people are um, feeling uh, of course, well, COVID put the spotlight on it for a lot of us, but we started questioning our purpose and the meaning of life and all oh, what we're doing. Do we really want to do this and quality of life, those kind of things. So when people start heading towards depression or burnout, they start becoming disengaged. And it's because they've lost that sense of self in terms of my self uh, purpose and, and what makes me feel valuable and of value and worthy to others, but also the work that I'm doing in terms of, am I passionate about it? Do I enjoy it? Does it get me out of bed every day? And does it give me a sense of purpose? So it starts affecting these things on a much deeper level. And so the cost of multitasking from a neuroscience point of view, it's inefficient use of time, productive time by switching between tasks. We get mental blocks because we can only take on so much information. It actually inhibits our brain's ability to process information. Which So we become overloaded or overwhelmed. Um, and some of the cousins of multitasking is overwhelm, procrastination, hesitation, um, avoidance, uh, indecisiveness, all of those kinds of things um, because we're in that space where it just becomes too much. It affects our memory function. In other words, our ability to retain information we start forgetting things or it takes us longer to think about things or work things out. 
the mental effects in terms of our um, uh, cycles of anxiety and stress. Now, life naturally has stresses and we naturally go through cycles of stress and anxiety. Um, and that's life. Life has ups and downs and it's our resilience levels in, in terms of us being able to cope and manage those ups and downs becomes affected with, the, the, with multitasking or being stuck on this hamster wheel of constantly being busy, busy, busy. And it inhibits our ability to be creative and innovative because we don't make time or majority of us don't take time to stop, reflect, what have I been working on? What worked well? What didn't work well? What can I do differently? And how do I apply that going forward? And this is a common complaint that I get from the corporates that we work with, especially the teams, in that they're just implementing one thing after the other. There's so much time, pressure, moving goalposts that they never get to stop and just actually take in and acknowledge that, you know, geez, we've just implemented this thing, job well done, but what have we learned from this? What can we do better? What can we do differently? And how can we apply that going forward in terms of being creative and innovative and coming up with new ways of doing things, which is why a lot of us just get stuck in doing things same old, same old. That's the way it's always been done because um, of of just the busy lives that we're working in and that, that time pressures on us doesn't allow us to take time to step back and think and reflect and become innovative and creative. So basically building time into your diary in terms of time to think or time to reflect. It also affects our ability to collaborate with others. It impacts our interpersonal skills. Now, how many times have you asked somebody something, you're having a conversation with somebody, but they're busy doing something and you know that they're not fully present. You know that they're not fully focused and therefore you, they're not connected with you. And right now, there's probably quite a lot of you that are multitasking while I'm talking right now because we're all guilty of doing it online, okay? So it's another thing that comes up, especially in online working, remote working, how do we keep people engaged? And I'll, I'll share some more on that just now. So what's starting to happen, what we're seeing is this feeling of disconnected or the other term that's being thrown around is called quiet quitting. People are getting to the point where they just go, you know what, I just can't cope with this pressure anymore. There's a lack of communication, perceived lack of communication from top down. And then there's lack of communication between teams because everybody's busy and everybody's got their own pressures and deadlines to work with. There's a lack of sense of belonging in terms of what is what is my purpose here and how does it tie up to the bigger purpose of the organization? Lack of feeling valued because our contribution is not feeling valued and recognized. There's lack of consistency because the goalposts are always moving. It's what, first of all, we're doing this, then two, three days later or a week later, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're now doing this. It's changed because the landscape has changed or something else has changed or there's a new system that's being put in place. And that ultimately creates a lack of trust amongst teams, amongst leaders, amongst organizations from a corporate culture point of view. But you can actually also apply this in your personal space as well when it comes to your relationships between couples who are stuck on this hamster wheel of busy, 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 do, 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 and they become disconnected from a relationship point of view, which is why the divorce rate is everyone in two marriages ending up in divorce because couples have become disconnected because they're stuck on the busy hamster wheel of life and trying to get through the daily grind of life in terms of managing a home environment, family if they've got children, career pressures and deliverables, let alone making time for each other as a couple. So I'm sorry to say, I don't have time is the adult version of the dog ate my homework. 
We all get the same 24 hours every day, not a minute more or a minute less. It is how you are choosing to use your time. It's how you are choosing to prioritize things in your life that you want or that you feel is important because if something is important to you or you want it badly enough, you will make the time for it. You'll never find the time. To find time, you have to give up something or let go of something to make time for something else to come in. So when people come to me and they go, oh, I don't have time to go to gym or I don't have time for myself or this or that, I'm like, no, sorry, you do have time. You just got to look at your priorities. Where, where are you using your time? How are you using your time? And what is that costing you in terms of what you really want? So when somebody says to you, I don't have time, it's the adult version of the dog ate my homework. Okay. So how do you manage your day uh, in terms of finding the best way to be productive and effective for you? First of all, to-do lists are great and we all have them. I'm a big one on to-do lists and I tick off as I go. But what the neuroscience is showing us, what is also equally important, is the time of day. Now, we all work differently. Some of us um, think that we're early risers, morning people. Some of us think we're night owls. We work better at night. And that's great. It's about finding what works best for you. So what some of the research out there is showing us is that the best time to do the different types of tasks is to chunk your time in two-hour blocks during the day. So from 8 to 10, high-intensity, high-impact work. Um, and because that requires the most brain power in the morning for those of us that are morning people, especially if you um, uh, conform to the 5am club where you get up and you do some kind of self-care, whether it's exercise, meditation, walking, journaling, um, whatever it might be for yourself, okay, because you've got your, your brain in the, the right frame of mind, ready, focused, ready to hit the day. So doing brain power work in the first two hours of the day. Then the next two hours of the day doing high-intensity, low-impact work. So, for example, meetings, um, because that's where we can, you know, depending on what meeting um, formula you subscribe to, a lot of my corporate clients have reduced their meeting times to 30-minute meetings now. You can't actually go longer than that um, to try and manage their time. And then taking a break. Uh, but in between these, you can also take a break as well. It's called chunking time, and I'll talk to that just now. And then after lunch, low impact, low intensity tasks, because we all know after lunch, our energy levels drop and we get sleepy and tired. So that's when you can do things like checking emails. And then um, the last couple of hours of the day, low impact, high intensity work, like tidying loose, eat, loose ends up, um, filing, replying to stuff, planning for the next day, that kind of thing. Now, in between this, there are two different schools when it comes to chunking your time. So Microsoft did a, a research when just as we started coming out of COVID, and they've subscribed or they said that the 90-20 rule works best. So 90 minutes focus time, 20 minutes where you do something else to give your brain a time to uh, recalibrate itself and to be able to do other stuff. So whether it was writing, planning, brainstorming, doodling, whatever it was, getting up, going for a walk, making yourself a cup of tea, it doesn't matter. The other school of thought is chunking your time 45-15. So 45 minutes um, focus sessions, 15 minute breaks. And in those 15 minute breaks, you actually get up, have a leg stretch, move from one room to the other, or if you're working from home or walk it down the passageway at the office to go and grab coffee or water or something. And it's just the fact of that mere movement shifts the energy. So if you think of your emotions as energy or as water, 
if you move, it actually makes them fluid, it shifts them, which helps the brain also recalibrate in terms of getting out of there, recalibrating so it can be focused again. So that's just what some of the, the research is showing us in terms of how you can manage your day. So just a little bit um, about me before I continue. So as Chris said, I am the founder of Engaged Humans. I've got over 16 years corporate experience, 12 years in the people development sector. So I'm all about human connection and bringing um, the human back into the workplace. Also created the um, Engaged Humans Blueprint, and we do bespoke employee engagement solutions for organizations. When I'm saying organizations, it's all sizes. So our smallest team that we're working with is five, and our biggest team is 170 leaders that we are putting on a journey in terms of stepping up into the next level of, of leadership. And that's just some of the accreditations that we have. And these are some of the clients that we work for. We're very blessed to work with some awesome clients, both locally and um, internationally as well. So coming back to multitasking and this whole busy life that we, that lifestyle that we've subscribed to is we need to stop glamorizing overworking and wearing this busy badge as a badge of pride and honor because the absence of sleep and diet and exercise and relaxation and time with friends and family is not something that we need to applaud. Yay, well done. You managed to take a day off work. You managed to have some time out for yourself. It's actually important that we have those things to give our brain the ability to recalibrate itself so that we can be more productive and more effective um, and to replace that with the right to balance and well-being and as I said balance what balance looks like for you because it's different for all of us and taking care of your well-being before COVID we used to look at things as mental health and physical health as two different things two separate things if you were if you were sick with the flu or a cold, you needed to stay at home and get better so you didn't infect anybody else. But we never spoke about the mental health challenges. But what we've realized after COVID is that mental health is health. Because if you're not in a good space mentally, it's going to affect you physically and emotionally. And our body plays out stress in a physical way, in different ways for all of us. Things like headaches, migraines, tummy aches, indigestion, sleeping patterns, all of those things get affected when we um, are under this constant pressure and stress. So mental health is health and it affects our physical well-being as well. And so just some productivity reminders for those of us that are perfectionists, that are procrastinators, that uh, have these to-do lists, but that go down the rabbit hole from one thing to the other when we're multitasking is that once something is done, it's better than perfect because especially procrastinators, your 100% I would not know what 100% looks like in your world. So if you gave me something that was 80% perfect, I wouldn't know any different because I don't know what 100% looks like. So we kind of beat ourselves up because we haven't done it properly or correctly or accurately because we have these high standards for ourselves. So done is better than perfect. Rest and recharging are important. Celebrating our small wins because very few of us actually look back and celebrate our achievements or the challenging situations that we've overcome. And if you don't celebrate your successes and your achievements, nobody else is going to. It's okay to do things in your own pace. You don't have to keep up with your colleagues or your competitors and don't compare yourself to others because that's where people get stuck in this whole imposter syndrome about feeling like a fake and a fraud and I'm not good enough or I don't feel like I fit in those kind of things because we're comparing ourselves and doing an injustice to ourselves by comparing ourselves to others. 
and there's more to life than just work and that no one is productive all the time. It's actually impossible to be productive all the time. We need time out to recharge our brains to be effective and productive, especially when it comes to the neuroscience. So there are plenty of obstacles in your path. Life has enough challenges that it throws at us on a day-to-day basis. So don't allow yourself to be one of them by subscribing to this multitasking, busy hamster wheel um, trajectory that we all seem to be stuck on and that it's okay to step off the hamster wheel sometimes and to take time out to think because it's gonna it's gonna pay off in the long run in terms of your effectiveness and your productivity. So you either have a positive or a negative impact on the world, but there's no in between. And you get to decide what impact you want to have, first of all on yourself, but then on those in your personal space, your family, friends and relationships, but also in the workplace as well. And so I hope um, those insights have uh, given you some food for thought in terms of managing multitasking and being uh, managing uh, your, your productivity and how to be more effective. Wow, awesome. That was, that was really great, Paula. Very insightful and very interesting, I have to say. I love the facts. Very cool. Um, I've, I've, we've got a few interactions here on the chat. Um, Steve Johnson saying that I see that the middle one, the middle level ones apply to the millennials more so nowadays. That's from Steve. Yeah, Steve, the the millennials or Gen Zs, um, they are the ones claiming to be the most disconnected, yet they've grown up with technology and are perceived to be the most connected from a tech savvy or a digital savvy perspective. But when it comes to social skills and interaction and meaningful connection and relationships with others, that's where they've lost those skills or they haven't not they haven't acquired them fully in terms of how to create those meaningful interactions, especially in the workplace. Yeah, it was where that it, there was that um, triangle and the five levels and they said we don't feel valued. Yes. They very easily don't feel valued. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yes. Yeah. And then there's also, oh, sorry, Steve. Yeah, you can yeah just a quick one. I've just come back from the professional speakers um, convention in Cape Town, um, where one of the speakers actually, uh, let me just bring my thing across so I can see if I'm doing it correct, where they were talking about um, the likelihood that judges would reject parole for people in prisons. And right throughout a day, it peaked like four or five times. Uh, and and it was like amazing that you would have to try and, if you're a lawyer, get your the, the magistrate to see your parole application on a specific block of time because you knew if it hit that little spot, there would be no definitely. Yeah, yeah I saw that as well. It was very interesting how, how it was impacted. Mm. Yeah. And then we've we've also got a comment here from Philip says wondering where where mindfulness fits in. Mindfulness fits in across all of those levels. So in terms of um, first of all, so where are you at in your head? Are you in a positive or a negative mental uh, state? And then where are you at in your body from an emotional state? Are you in a positive or a negative emotional state? And are you in tune with self? So it starts with self-awareness. And then how are you managing your life stresses? Because everybody manages stress differently. So 
um, what are you doing in terms of taking care of your own mental well-being and what is the what are the mindfulness practices that you are implementing for yourself because you know different things work for different people and uh, so definitely it underpins that in terms of managing the energy levels managing time out for yourself for your brain to recalibrate and that's why they talk they, they make a big thing about sleeping and getting eight hours of sleep a day everybody's different some people need less some people need more but the brain actually think of your brain as a as a as a dustbin and at night when you're sleeping it actually cleans itself out recalibrates it so that the next day you can you know we're all supposed to wake up refreshed recharged energized hit the day right um but it depends on the quality of sleep that you get well cool. very much so yeah yeah and then um, we've got a comment here from Stephanie as well, saying that prioritizing very important when multitasking, right? So it's more of a question, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so so prioritizing in terms of, so I subscribe to, I call it, so think of a speedometer, the Odo, Odo meter formula. So O-D-O, the O stands for what do I need to own? on my to-do list because I'm directly involved in it, either from a decision-making point of view or because of my skills, my competencies, or, you know, so I need to own that task. The D stands for delegate. What can I delegate to other people? And especially people that um, have high standards and are perfectionists, they struggle to delegate to others because it's this perception of giving up control and letting go. So then they tend to micromanage. So to reframe it and go delegating means I'm empowering other people because I'm giving them an opportunity to step up, level up, learn new skills, learn new processes, new symptoms, new, new systems, new thinking. So you're actually empowering people as opposed to when you're micromanaging them, you're disempowering them. Or when you don't want to delegate because you know what, I'll rather do it myself. That way I know it'll get done better or more effectively. We then disempower people because we don't give them opportunities to upskill themselves. And then the, the other O is outsource. What can I outsource because it's not in my competency or framework. So for example, with me, I outsource my, my accounting and my bookkeeping because it's not my strength. It'll take me a day to do probably what it'll take them half an hour to do. So play to your strengths, work to your strengths and outsource what, what isn't your strength to someone else that is their strength. Um, because it'll save you time, save you effort, save you, save you frustration and stress, and you can put your energy and effort into other things that you are much more competent, effective, and skilled at. Awesome. Thank other. you, everyone. Yeah, just want to ask if there's any other questions. Not for me. Explain everything very well. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not saying don't multitask. We will. They will always. We will always be working on multiple things, right? Projects or or whatever deliverables. But while you are looking at those things, prioritize them and then single task. Work on one thing at a time. Complete that one thing and move on to the next thing. That is what makes you much more effective and productive. So prioritizing single single focus tasking to be able to multitask effectively great thank you so much paula for being the guest on this week's webinar and thank you for everyone attending and also the audience on the podcast i hope you guys have a great week ahead see you Thanks soon very much. cheers everyone